Welcome to the Bleep Bulimia Podcast with guest Allison Rothman, founder of Embodied Life and Holistic Empowerment Coach. Hi everyone, I'm Lorianne. I am the host of Bleep Bulimia and I'm very pleased today to have Allison Rothman. She's the founder of Embodied Life and a Holistic Empowerment Coach. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Mm, thank you so much for having me. It's an honor. So I just wanted to ask a little bit about you. How did you become the founder of this Embodied Life and the Holistic Empowerment Coach? I just love that title, by the way. So, <laughs> um, so you know, my I had a eating disorder and subsequent depression, et cetera, you know, throughout the majority of my life. And when I was in um, my early 20s, I'm now almost 50, um, I hit rock bottom and went into a holistic uh, residential treatment center for eating disorder recovery. And that really, I mean, that completely changed the trajectory of my life, obviously, but really opened me up to the realm of holistic wellness and how to use all these different holistic practices to heal from a, you know, a deeply embodied, uh, sustainable way. So, you know, I, my healing journey has been very much about, um, eating disorder recovery and I am, you know, over 20 years of recovery under my belt. Um, and I have found, you know, in my work that the holistic approach is essential in, um, in creating that healing. So I, you know, so I embodied life came from my belief that life is the greatest platform for our um, growth, for our evolution, for our healing. And, you know, I don't say this lightly, I've had a lot of trauma um, and, but using our life situations in a way to really embody who we are and to really show up for our lives, these lives that we've been given. So, you know, that's kind of a roundabout way of, of kind of bridging them together. But back at this holistic treatment center is really when, you know, I was already a yoga practitioner and a meditator and I was a dancer, but I got all these different aspects of the holistic path that really propelled me into this place of healing that I, I truly don't know if I could have gotten from um, other uh, approaches. That that's what worked for me. So, yeah. And this is what I like is uh, this is what this podcast is about. Mm -hmm. um, I was a bulimia recovery coach for a while. I put that aside just because I actually preferred this. I prefer to find people in different ways to say, "Okay, listeners, this is an option for you." Uh, so in the holistic side, so I, I have to say, I'm not, I, I, I know some of it. I took yoga. Mm -hmm. I was curious as to how, how it, how, like, what was the one thing that's brand you to say, Hey, wow, this is really helping me. Like, can you give us an example? Yeah. So, you know, that's the thing. It's not one, one thing necessarily, but it's the, it was the combination. So, you know, for example, in the treatment center, we had, um, you know, we had the body piece, of course, we had the movement, there was yoga, there was meditation, there was um, walking outside in nature, but there was also art therapy and um, group therapy and nutrition and herbal medicine and chanting and energy work and acupuncture and touch and 
um, you know, creative expression, writing. Um, so, you know, it's to access ourselves from all these different angles to me is how we can really heal and be healed. You know, um, I was questioned, I wrote this article about, um, about recovery, about addiction recovery. And, um, you know, I was kind of called out by a, um, a addiction specialist because I said, I am a recovered addict, which I feel as though I am a recovered addict. I think, you know, I know the eating disorders in me, you know, it, it comes up, of course, I hear that voice, but I'm so far removed from it that I feel like I can confidently say that I am recovered and I believe that it is possible to be recovered. And her vision was once an addict, always an addict. I'm like, mm, I don't buy that. You know, I think that that's um, an excuse to, to a degree. And, you know, and I don't take addiction lightly. I mean, there are, it's, it's a massive, very life inhibiting, you know, way of being, but I know that there's ways through. And to me, like bringing all the holistic practices together really was key. You know, um, I mean, there's flower essence therapy. There's, you know, gazillions of, you know, I could keep going all the different ways that worked for me, you know, and how I work with people now currently. That's beautiful. I agree with you, recovered addict. However, I believe that, yes, you're right. Don't take it lightly. And there are some addictions that, you know, you go back to, I mean, and odds are you're going to just keep doing it. I think that in eating disorders, there is a way to fully recover because you can teach yourself. We have to have food every day. We don't have to have drugs. We don't have to have alcohol. We don't have to have those things. We can remove ourselves from that food. You have to. And I think it's really important to become a recovered addict because once you're there, once you know, like, I mean, my eating the way I eat today, I thought, wow, you know, if I'd done that my whole life, I don't diet. I refuse to do anything like that. I think it's very dangerous to do that. Um, and, and, you know, I think maybe in the 12 years of recovery, there was twice where I felt, I felt that little voice, like you said, and that was when I taking on more than I could chew and doing things I didn't like to do for someone else. Then I had to say, you know what, for my health, I'm sorry. I love you, but I can't do it. And I would quit and we're not quitters. So it's mm -hmm. the hardest thing to do is say, no, I'm not doing this. Totally. Totally. Right. Yeah. You know, I always say that um, eating disorders are one of the hardest addictions to recover from because we have to eat. You know, you can't just stop eating, right? Or you go to the other, the other side. But I love that you brought that piece in of, you know, to me, it's such a gauge now of when I am off center or when I have overextended myself or when something is not aligned. That's when I start, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm starting yeah. to reach for the food for some reason, you know, and I'm like, oh, no, no, I need to. I'm not going there, you know, so what do I need to shift in my life to come back into myself uh, in a way that is in integrity and in alignment with, with what I need. Right. Yeah. So it's, I mean, it's such a beautiful and rich 
path. I never thought I would say that, you know, I mean, it was so painful for so many years, but it has really gifted me with this depth of connection with myself that I don't know if I could have attained if I had not gone through what I went through. Yeah. Yeah, very, very right. And I like that. So it sounds like, I mean, this holistic healing, I like that because you're right. Like if I know if I'm off with my, my values, but I didn't know my values. I didn't know my limitations back when I was having my eating disorder. Cause I would just go and eat up all this stuff and then, you know, yeah, purge it. I was purging, like eating what I didn't like and purging it, but it was still there on my desk and I would be eating while I'm doing it. Cause I can't stand doing it, but I liked eating, but it's, then I didn't like the feeling after it was such a, now I know if I don't like doing something, don't force yourself to do it. Say no. Yeah. Say no. Absolutely. It's just, it's a, you know, to me, it's such an opportunity to become deeply intimate with ourselves, you know, and to, um, you know, make peace with who we are in a way that, you know, I, I just don't think a lot of people have this experience, you know, if, you know, if the, the choice is not to take a look at this, because when we stop the behaviors, that's when all the stuff comes up, right? That's yes. when we have to. Yeah. So, um, you know, we can be scared of it. And yeah, I mean, naturally, you know, I mean, I think, I mean, this is a whole big other subject that maybe we need another episode to talk about, but there is this correlation between, you know, early sexual abuse and women who end up with eating disorders, you know, um, trauma and eating disorders, you know, of some sort. And so naturally, when we start to choose to turn towards ourselves, not the food, all this stuff starts bubbling up. So, you know, I would just say, make sure you have the support systems in place to deal with everything that is surfacing, right? Because not everybody's equipped to handle, you know, these, I mean, I can share very personally, you know, I was in treatment and, you know, leading up to treatment, I was in therapy like three times a week trying to deal with this, you know, I mean, it was, I was like, not well, you know, and so I finally, you know, surrendered and went to this treatment center and it was like, like saving grace, but in the, you know, in the group therapy in particular, but also with the combination of everything else, it's like layers started surfacing because I couldn't engage in the behaviors, right? I had to show up and I had a memory of some early sexual abuse that I had completely blocked out, you know? And that to me was like, whoa, how can you forget, like completely forget something like that, you know? So I just share that as, you know, to humanize that, you know, eating disorders don't just pop up out of nowhere, you know, they are surfacing in our lives for a reason. And to actually have the courage, and it takes so much courage and compassion to really take a look at ourselves and to start to allow this eating disorder to release its grips on us is, you know, a profound journey that we need support and guidance around. Absolutely. And that's interesting because I was speaking in another episode and I'm going, you know, I had a really good childhood. <laughs> I mean, there was like, so it, it's, and, and I know that you're right. Like a lot of the people who I speak to who have an eating disorder, they've had um, trauma in their life 
as as a youth, whether it be sexual abuse or physical abuse or whatever. Mm-hmm. So I just want to let our listeners know, but it doesn't necessarily mean that. Um, I, I, for me, I don't know. I, I mean, I was a perfectionist. I wanted things, and 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 then I wanted to make sure that my parents were always pleased with me, and then everybody else pleased with me. I think that's where mine came up from. Um, but then, you know, there's little tiny traumas that can do it too. Because I remember when my baby sister was born, all of a sudden I wasn't the baby of the family anymore. I was ignored and I felt like this, you know, middle child that wasn't there. And Mm -hmm. that could be a mini trauma that can grow into that you don't realize. Right. So I'm sure that there's those things that come up. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a whole big thing. Right. Mm -hmm. But it is, you know, I mean, little things. I mean, I remember, I know how my aging sort of started, you know, and when I was in, I was seven in third grade and our teachers decided to weigh us. Why she weighed us and put all our weights on a board. And I, I was by no means large, but I was tall and I weighed 73 pounds. And that apparently was much heavier than my peers. And immediately I started to become aware of my body, you know, and I started to question how I was feeding myself and what I was eating. And so at seven years old, you know, so in the grand scheme of things, this is not a huge traumatic experience, but it it got in me. Right. And so it can be, you know, I mean, kids are mean in school, like who knows, you know, somebody makes a comment about, you know, somebody's body and they, and it sticks with them. Right. And they start to, to engage in the behavior. So, I mean, nobody really knows how these eating disorders appear, but you know, why we choose the path that we do, but you know, there's, when we start to look at it, it's, you know, it's just a rich um, journey of self-inquiry and, uh, and self-awareness. That's amazing. Okay. So I have to say that that's really bizarre because when I was seven, the same thing happened to me exactly. I'm five, nine. So I was always taller than the other kids and I had my friends are all like, you know, teeny weeny. So there they are, you know, they're like, you know, 30, 40, 50 pounds. I mean, not 30, but they were like 50 pounds and I'm, I'm like you and the, and they go, Oh, you're fat. And they literally said that to me. And when I look back and so from that point on, I felt like a large child. And I look back on the pictures of what I look like at seven, eight, nine, and I was anything but overweight. I was not skinny, Mm -hmm. um, but I was definitely like, I was slim, like Mm -hmm. just like, you know, um, and just quickly going to a wedding and my sister looks at the scales and then what the charts are. And she goes, Oh, you're one thirty. You should be 122. We're going to put you on a diet before my wedding. And I'm 16 years old, right? And that's where everything turned around on me because I'd never known a diet before in my life. I mean, I didn't feel great about myself because I was always around, you know, because I was taller and all around little people. Yeah. Yeah, that was, that was awful. And that's what, that was spiraled into the thing. But yeah, I I mean, 133, 5'9", I'm sorry, but that's... That's pretty darn like (laughs) average, normal. Average. Yes, yes. I know, you know, I just thank God they got rid of those charts or they actually revised them so that, you know, someone I was down to 122 at one time and I was like, you know, weight. you could tell that Lorianne gained weight like that's not your weight. That's not your weight. Right. Yeah. You know, it's 
I don't know. I just, it frustrates me that, you know, especially I think people are more conscious now, at least I hope, but, you know, language and how we talk to people about how they look, you know, and especially our kids. I mean, I'm raising a boy, but, you know, I have a lot of friends who are raising girls and it's just so crucial to focus on how, you know, asking people how they, how kids, girls, whatever, teenagers, to focus on how they're feeling in themselves mm-hmm. rather than what they look like. And, you know, I, I was saying like there were just diets being thrown everywhere. And again, I do feel like I think society has evolved a little bit more into, you know, working more in the realm of like intuitive eating and nourishment rather than dieting, but, you know, to just be super mindful of how we talk, you know, even how we talk about ourselves in front of our children, you know, how we talk about ourselves in front of our peers, you know, so and it's not always easy. I mean, I have days where I'm like, I feel so uncomfortable in my skin, you know, like my clothes, <laughs> like, you know, but that's the practice, you know, of really learning how to breathe into ourselves and meditation has been key for my recovery, you know? So, um, yeah, I don't know. There's just endless stories of these little moments in, you know, our childhoods that were so deeply impactful. So, yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because we're talking about the little things are impactful. And I like that because a lot of us oversee those ones. Mm-hmm. And we think yeah. of the bigger ones and then, but you look at the little ones and you're going, you know, catching up, you know, you spend $5, $5, $5, $5, $5 at the end of the month. You look at your credit card bill, you go, whoa, yeah. how'd that get there? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I am so thrilled that you have been my guest. I just want yeah. to um, make sure that uh, you tell us about, uh, you know, your, your embodied life, what you, how people can find you. Yeah, programs. I just want to know more about that. Thank you. Yeah, so I'm based in Boulder, Colorado, and I, you know, I do see clients um, both in person and virtually. I am, um, you know, I call myself a coach, but you know, I have a very strong background in body-centered therapies, um, so somatically based therapies. Um, I've been immersed in this world for over 20 years and uh, work with women and men. Um, and you know, it's not all just eating disorders, but, um, really anything, you know, a lot of women, uh, especially in midlife, you know, going through transition in this, in this yes. crazy world, uh, a lot of trauma, um, addiction, et cetera. Um, and I run, um, a virtual women's circle that is actually, I'm not sure when this episode is going to launch, but. Um, I am relaunching the, the virtual circle in October and um, it will be ongoing, um, but it's a, a six month uh, commitment that, you know, people, the women, it is for women. Uh, we meet every other week virtually and the women do one-on-one sessions with me and there's an online program that I created um, that they do kind of simultaneously. So it's just an opportunity to really take a deep dive into oneself in, in community. Um, I also run a, a in-person, um, if anybody from Boulder is listening, 
uh, in-person drop-in women's circle. And I run retreats, uh, women's retreats. So those, um, you know, I had to scale back with COVID, but um, I ran one in, in July and I have another one coming up next July and maybe something else in the, in the meantime. But, uh, but my website is embodymylife.com. And for anybody who's listening, you can use the code podcast love for 10% off of anything. Beautiful. That's wonderful. And I am so glad that COVID has sort of, you know, you can, you can start feeling things and there talk about another thing that made us self-aware, you know, taking those two years. And you you kind of, I mean, I'm looking back and going, that's so surreal that it happened. So So now that it's opening up, we we still have the people wearing masks and then where I work, we wear them as a courtesy, but, uh, but it's so nice to see it opening up and people getting together again. Yeah, that's wonderful about your retreats. Yeah, yeah, maybe it's they're so fun. I mean, they're it's yoga. It's a a total rite of passage, very holistic Uh, yoga, meditation, dance, organic food, writing, uh, nature, hot springs. um, And is this is in Colorado that that you? Yeah, right now, you know, like I said, I kind of am. I'm just. I'm taking it slow with that because they're a major endeavor. But um, the one that I have been doing is at Joyful Journey Hot Springs here in in Colorado. It's uh, in a gorgeous part of part of the the, uh, the state wherever wherever I am. Gorgeous. I have to state. start getting a jug. My 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 retreat next year. <laughs> my yeah, treat. Well, my retreat. A... That's my treat. <laughs> yes. Yes. It was. I mean, it was just amazing to just be together again in, in community, you know, but just one last thing that I was going to say about the COVID thing is it was totally surreal and it really forced us to get creative and how we're connecting, you know, and I mean, just being able, I was not doing even a fraction of the amount of zoom stuff that I am now and how wonderful to be able to connect with people from really all over the world. So, um, yeah, yeah. And here we are. I'm here you know, we are. in Mississauga, Ontario. You're all the way in Boulder, Colorado. Oh. And uh and we're chatting. Yeah. So I really appreciate this. I, I really um you know that it it really is sounding very appealing to me. I haven't really gone traveling for a long time either. Um so you know. Well we should talk. We'll like, yeah. No talk. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right, listeners, thank you very much. And thank you so much, Allison, and uh, we'll keep in touch. Thank you so much for having me. This was just lovely. So, yes, take care.